0: and ways to incorporate natural solutions for whole health. I think it's time to normalize spiritual breakthrough and walk in freedom with whole hearts. Holy Spirit, you get full permission to recalibrate our hearts. Let's go. On this episode, I am so blessed and excited to bring to you Brian Orm. This is an interview between him and I, and I I will say that I you will be at the edge of your seat. You want to just drink in and just ingest every word he says. But I also want you to recognize like just the peace in which he delivers things and information and wisdom as a son. Uh, this very quick introduction, Brian Orms' mandate is to empower others to live an ascended life. And that he does. Now I met Brian, um, online back in 20, I believe 15 or 16, I had a coaching session with him back then, and it was a life-changing session. And just the encounter with the father, and just him breaking off strongholds off my life. And then I've taken courses from him. My husband and I have sat with him online, of course, um, learning crypto from him, and he is just. I want to say out of this world, but obviously he's in this world, and we're all from heaven. But when it comes to Brian Orme, I was honored for him to be on this platform, so I could share him with you and share this knowledge and information with you. And I believe the nuggets and the takeaways you'll get from this uh, interview and these questions will you'll never be the same. I believe they're life changing, and I was emotionally just I was emotional. I was in a good way. I was getting ministered to. Anyway, without further ado, further ado, here it is, folks. All right, so we're here with Brian Orm, and I'm so excited, Brian, for you to be here. And first of all, I just wanted to say, like, and honor you um, as my coach in the past, and as just a person and a um, son of God and a, just a friend in Christ, like, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the walk that you've walked in and the paths you've taken to get here Um, and you're being a family, man, I follow you on Facebook and I'm always like, oh my gosh, kingdom family, but just, I honor the gifts inside of you and just everything that you do. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to see you again.
0: Totally. Good to see you too. Yeah. Fred and I just saw you in our crypto thing. It was a couple months ago, but it's like time's flying so fast. So I'm trying to (laughs) keep up what's going on, but I wanted to share about that in a little bit. I want to talk about the crypto thing. Um, also my mom's in your mentor and my mom's like, do a shout out. Okay, mom, here's your (laughs) shout out. Like I usually keep things private, but my mom's in your mentorship group. I mean, Fred and I learned from you for crypto, um, I'm I'm gleaning from the Ascended Life, your book. Like, I just feel like, um, and met you through Pedro that many years ago. So it had to have been yeah that long ago. But just, you're such a blessing.
1: Thank, so thank you so you. much.
0: Yes. Um, but I've really been fascinated to start off with, with your walk with the Lord. And not only reading The Ascended Life, because I, I glean from mentors and people, even if I've never met them, they're my mentors, right? And I glean from you through your book um, and not only those other things I shared. But I guess I was just wondering if you would share... Um, first of all anything the Lord lays on your heart for sure open open mic open mic for anything you have but the pathway a little bit of how you everybody starts out somewhere um and as a son of God and like you've had a mom you had a mom and dad and you like you know how you see God but at the pathway of you where where you've been and how you've gotten to here does anything come up when I ask that just like a pathway?
1: Yeah I mean I grew up in a Christian home so I had that framework you know. Was part of a really large church growing up as a kid, youth group, and all that. But it really wasn't until I graduated high school that I made a just a personal decision with Christ. And so I had a bit of religious framework because that's that's what I had. And then went to a Bible college that was very religious. And I've always would I was a bit of a black sheep in that environment all the time. So I mean, almost got kicked out twice. (laughs) in that place. Nothing crazy. It's just, you know, and then it was probably, I mean, there's definitely stops along the way. You I mean, as a kid, I was having a lot of mystical experiences and there just wasn't a lot of resource in that topic. You know, there was like speaking in tongues and healing and maybe prophetic once in a while, but that was about it in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I was an eighties kid. Mm-hmm. And so because there wasn't a lot of resource and a lot of help, I just kind of pushed away from that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then in Bible college, it was I think going into my senior year, if I remember. It was basically like being plugged back into the matrix. I had an encounter with God. And it was like boop, everything came back. And then I just started a journey of understanding what it means to be a son, mm-hmm. coming out of orphan mentalities, and the reality of sonship ended up in salt lake from there in bible college and then realized hey the power of god's got to show up so learning about the kingdom being demonstrated like paul said it's not just talking about it it's demonstrating it and so beginning to see some really radical signs and wonders in salt lake city doing ministry there and then moving out to california you went to uc san diego and that was really learning you know kind of deeper truth of the kingdom and what it means to be not just a priest in the kingdom, but a king and just that dynamic of our priestliness and our kingship in Christ, that we have authority, that we have position, a cosmic position. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot along the way, but that's a bit of a flyover.
0: Yeah, it's a nice flyover because I'm picking up some nuggets that I just have a few questions about, like, that was awesome. But when you're like seeing signs and wonders, because I can relate to like reading this present darkness with Frank Peretti at like 12, and thank yes. <laughs> I was reading the other junk that I was reading, God's like, well, let's give you this book. That's not junk and garbage. Cause I was just hungry must on for supernatural if I'm reading, reading Stephen King, you know, I'm already getting revelations as you're talking. So it's pretty fun taking this journey, but I started reading Frank Peretti and I didn't know this at the time, but my eyes were open up the spirit realm. So I'm kind of not comparing, but I'm listening to your story growing up in the church and religion and then watching mine and how I took um, like my parents got divorced and I took like my pain and like covered it through partying or whatever versus seeking mm, versus seeking out the father and what he has. And as you're talking, when you started experiencing those signs and wonders and whatever, how did you like, like not demonstrate it, walk it out then, I guess if that comes, something comes to mind with that. Like you start experiencing, you're like, cool, there's more. I'm going to push in or gently waited. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, as a kid, I mean, I was experiencing things again, so that mm-hmm. at least brought an openness to these things. Yes. And then ironically in Bible college, I became opposed to those things. Right. <laughs> and then that encounter with God again is kind of where I got plugged back in just that first love. But in Salt Lake, it was really from the get go was like, unless there's the power of God, this is not going to work. Like Mm -hmm. the environment that we're in, Mm -hmm. like if, if anyone's been to Salt Lake, I mean, it's. Mm -hmm. Out of anywhere in the world. The only place that's similar spiritually atmosphere is the Middle East that I've been. Mm -hmm. It's super intense. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's not covert. The enemies are not covert there. the demonic is just very overt. And so, I mean, my, my first, it was either my first or second night I moved there. I had some demonic prince on top of me saying, I'll kill you if you don't leave. Mm. So that was kind of my introduction to mm. Salt Lake City. And so that really, I'm the type of personality, like if I'm going to go for something, I'm going 110%. And so when it was like, hey, the power of God's got to manifest, I'm like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And so just doing what I would say, doing things that are dangerous enough that God has to show up or it's not going to work. You know, it's, hey, I'm sending out sheep among wolves, for example. Jesus, like that's a dangerous environment mm-hmm. to go into a place where wolves eat sheep. There's no defense mechanism in a, in sheep. <laughs> and they just they're fluffing, they walk along. And so that to me is just indicative of what God's calling us to do is there's a level of danger, not in a sense of like, we're purposely putting ourselves in a stupid situation, Mm -hmm. but it's like, what are we doing that he has to actually show up? Mm. And I, I would question a lot of what we're doing. Does not require that?
0: Mm It
1: it works, you know, not that programs are bad, but it's like, you know, a lot of, a lot of things that are being put out there. It's like, there's really no need for him to show up Mm -hmm. where I found in Salt Lake, what we were doing is like, if he doesn't, this isn't, we're going to work at all.
0: Building that history with the father, um, making, getting experience to where your confidence, then your confidence builds or the faith builds did you find yourself like, okay, I'm asking this question for a reason. Did you find yourself like, um, getting comfortable? And I have a reason for asking this, getting comfortable any after like a couple years there or getting comfortable along the way. And if so, how did you stay, you know, people get in their comfort zone. I stayed in my comfort zones for so many years and obviously hiding behind religion, hiding behind God, fear, can't even t- fear period. Did you find yourself ever getting comfortable where God's like knock, knock? And then you, or have, you know, have you pushed yourself through that?
1: I think the brain likes formulas. Uh, I think sometimes when we, you know, take praying for the sick, for example, like, man, every time I pray something like this, something happens. And, and then all of a sudden you encounter something else and nothing happens. It's like Mm -hmm. the disciples when they can't cast the demon out of the boy. And it would seem like they had a hundred percent success rate up until then. And now they're kind of like, "Hey Jesus, why is this not working?" Mm. And I think you know God's wanting to continue. First of all, not live in a formulaic pattern of life, but relationship. And so you know, I think those moments where God's kind of stretching us—it's He just wants our relationship to go deeper, mm. or realize, "Hey Jesus, only did what He saw the Father doing. You know, he only spoke what He heard the Father saying. It's all relationally driven." And when it's formulaically driven, God's like, hey, let's change some things up here so we can uh, go a little deeper together.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I was um, reading in, the, in your book, The Ascended Life, which I highly recommend everyone to have, the devotional, especially. And I think my, maybe my friend Heidi told me about that a couple years ago. I can't remember how he came about it. Anything wanting to glean from you. And I wanted to share um, day 20 in, I don't know, this is maybe out in 2016, 2017. So I got it maybe two years ago. But um, very little is written about the life of someone who settles. I use this in my devotional, random. I use a couple different books, but very little is written about the life of someone who settles. Settling is a manifestation of control, it's a place of small mindedness that requires little to no risk. Even reading that, because I, I feel like my listeners, um, wh- I'm not sure who all listens around the world, but the, w- women who want to be kosher, looking for recalibrating hearts where Holy Spirit comes and heals. I don't know how many of us, especially believers, settle. Or if I'm just, maybe I'm just looking at my own life, but that's what I meant about comfort zone too. But the settling part, man, sometimes it's trapped because of trauma. Sometimes you experience there's plenty of excuses and justifications I found in my life goodness, just to take a step sometime was like, oh, I trust you, Lord, crying the whole way because of rebuilding trust with the Father and broken things. But when you said settling is a manifestation of control, I was like, wait, wait, how do we not see that? Settling is a manifestation of control. It, it, it basically brought it up a notch, which the whole book brings everybody up a notch, which is amazing. But I don't know how you came about that, or I know Holy Spirit probably, but tell it, can you speak a little more on that with a settling versus not settling or if you have anything on that
1: yeah i mean this came out of i was reading about abraham's life and i see this tiny little glimpse of his father tara mm-hmm. who's hardly mentioned mm-hmm. and it says you know he came to haran which means mountainous so he came in front of mountains and it says he settled there mm-hmm. and it just kind of stood out to me i'm like so this guy settles and like nothing's written about it like i don't know anything about this guy Mm -hmm. and then his son of course the opposite abraham's like i don't even know where i'm going but i'm going somewhere and he's credited with righteousness like i mean he believed in resurrection before there was any grid or framework for anyone that had been resurrected Mm -hmm. because he said we're going to come back down like with his son isaac like Mm -hmm. he just believed in resurrection i'm like this is crazy and so to me when i When I'm choosing to settle, I'm choosing to manage my world. Which means I'm trying to control my world. Like I'm trying to control the outcome. And if we linger there, it actually leads us to unbelief, which expects nothing.
0: Mm. Mm. Wow. I mean, a trap in a way. It's like a trap. I think my heart's going out just to people who have and I, I actually got emotional reading in. I'm getting a little emotional now because of what I've had, the scars of that, but Jesus makes it new. He renews. It's more on the other side than settling. There's more on the other side of the comfort zone settling than we can literally ask, think and imagine. But my heart's going on to the people that uh, have bought the lie of settling. Um, I feel like if there's something to encourage them with or, a nugget or, cause you can't force people where they don't want to go. You, it's so, um, but my heart's going out for people that are like, no, no, I have to stay here or I have to stay small or play small. Or when they shine, sh- shone bright or they were bright, they got hurt or something. Is there any like advice or wisdom or anything for the ones? I just felt like somebody's, I feel like somebody's going to listen to who's like, but I don't know how to get out of this.
1: Yeah. I mean, confidence is the consequence of oneness. So, like, the more aware I am of my union with Christ, the more confident I become. Mm. Like, mm. courage got Peter out of the boat. Courage. Right? Like, everyone's like, oh, you know, he sank. And I'm like, yeah, he's the only one who got out of the boat, though. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone else is just watching. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And it was courage. It said he seized courage. There's mm. something about, like, courage is not like, hey, I'm not afraid. Like I am like ready to roll. It's like courage. is just like, it's a choice. It's like, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I've got to do something. So that's going to get us out of a boat. Faith is how we walk on water. Mm -hmm. And so we may not be in the place of, Hey, I can do this and walk on water, but it may be, you know what? I'm going to seize courage. I'm still freaking out and afraid. Mm-hmm. like when I talked about doing things in salt lake that ordained like it's not like we weren't afraid mm. I mean I remember standing up like open air stuff like if God doesn't show up this isn't working <laughs> like what we're doing and it's like as I'm saying stuff I'm like I'm afraid I'm like is this gonna is something gonna happen am I gonna look like an idiot <laughs> you know
0: yes totally and that's really special of you to share and be vulnerable with. Like, I was so afraid, but I still did it. And, and think, to think about what you guys would have missed if you didn't and, and not bending towards negative. I just think like what, whose lives wouldn't have been impacted or how you guys grew. And I, I want to ask, as you were talking about like if he didn't show up here, you know, here we are, we're screwed. Um, when you look back at those times or think back on those times and probably use them as pillars for your walk is what I would do. But, um, is there something you learned about the father or learned about Jesus or Holy Spirit or learned about whoever you want to mention or them, everything, the spirit realm that you like take it to the bank with you when you go into the next seasons and seasons and seasons, like, is there something you're like, this happened or yeah. Yeah.
1: I think his measure of success is way different than ours. Mm. So like, even if nothing would have happened, let's say, like God wouldn't have been like, if you would have done this better, or if you would have said this differently, like if we're even thinking about doing something, God is celebrating.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Like even if it's like, oh man, I should have given that word. God said to give a word and I didn't. And I walked away da-da-da. we're beating ourselves up. God's not at all doing this. He's like, man, the fact that you even thought about doing it, Mm. this is amazing. Mm. And so I think we have to understand his perspective a little more in Mm -hmm. light of this, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're experiencing shame or guilt, it's not because of him. Those are don't exist in him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're like, Oh man, I should have taken more steps or I missed that opportunity. Look, if you're even just thinking about it, that's a celebration in heaven. Mm,
0: mm, mm. Somebody write that down. (laughs) Somebody take that internal (laughs) and like be healed. That's super healing. And I want more of it, Lord. I want more of it. Um, I had a question when I was thinking of this and hovering over this time about vision. um, And the first time I even heard about vision, and this was a couple of years ago of like I think it was vision or the data ports in your head, like your eyes are the data. And I was like, done, I'm done. Somebody tell me more about this. Why don't we learn this in school? Why don't we learn this from home? (laughs) But anyway, okay. Um, But for vision, do you hold um, anything more in vision? I'm going to ask about vision. So hover over that. But do you hold like a a vision for you and your family um, as you guys move forward? And, you know, year by year, month by month, like, do you hold the vision for you and your family? Or what do you, how do you kind of like, make forward progress i hope my questions answered. yeah anything more about vision
1: i mean you got to write it out like scriptures, just write the vision out and so like for me personally and you know, just for family we have very specific vision that we've written out actually i'm a visual guy so i put it more like in a visual sense yeah like even what i do it's there's the mystical mm-hmm. quadrant Mm-hmm. So that's like courses and schools and things like that. Mm-hmm. There's the financial quadrant, which is crypto primarily. Mm-hmm. I've got a physiological quadrant doing some wellness stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a governmental quadrant, mm-hmm. which is not specifically tied to government, but more just like entertainment, some things I'm doing there. Mm, cool. And so when I put all those four things together, I know what to not do.
0: Mm. That's good.
1: So like, I know where to say, no, that, that doesn't fit in the vision for my life. Yes. It's an opportunity. It's just not one that fits.
0: Yes. And
1: yeah. I think that's probably at least equally, if not more important than just knowing what we're supposed to do. It's
0: mm, so powerful. Um, I'm raising, well, four, we have four children, but Victoria's out of the house. She'll be 21. So we have an eight, seven and six year old. She'll be nine soon, Vivian, Isabella, Declan. And I'm thinking about your children. And as we're talking about vision, what's a way parents can instill vision into their children? Or what's the way that the Lord shared on your heart to do that um, in a practical way? Other than them seeing you do it. Yay. That's awesome. Bringing them in. Is there any other Mm -hmm. way like that you do
1: that? They have to, they're going to observe and listen. Mm -hmm. So they're going to watch are you living out vision and are you talking that way
0: hmm.
1: and so our responses to life our reactions to events that's giving them a glimpse of is this visionary or is this like illusionary mm. you know it's like
0: hey.
1: is this coming from a place of unbelief i don't expect anything is this coming from i don't want to believe too much mm. you know let's not get our hopes up right (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. where hope is the ability to see I mean vision really comes aligns with hope and so if hope is what they're hearing they'll have vision yeah
0: that's so good I'm taking notes because later I just want to look at them and then (laughs) re-listen I'm very very grateful for you thank you for sharing with us um I like that how if you choose to answer this you don't have to If someone's walking or it didn't get shown that in childhood or whatnot, or that's just not in the record at this time. I mean, yes, generational, but how would somebody, what's the first step, I guess, practically somebody would take to start with hope or vision like that. Sometimes there's just a deserted, like dry ground. Right. And just in case, like, I just feel, again, these questions are like for listeners, I swear. I mean, yes, me too. I love this. I'm absorbing it. And thank you, Lord. But like, how would somebody do that with, because years ago, I just remember having dry, parched land and I was crying out to the Lord. And then he showed me, he got coaches alongside me, friends alongside of me, people I could observe and watch and just the how to's, but it was a, a tough road for me breaking out of that. So if someone's breaking out of poverty, lack, or they're breaking out of orphan healing from that, what's like a step they could take to make that a reality for them?
1: I think first we have to get away from a Greek dualistic mindset that mm-hmm. I have to find something outside of myself. That's good. And so Jesus, the hope of glory is in us or mm-hmm. one with him. So I don't need hope. I need to become aware of the hope I've been given. And so our, our approach to hope is not, I need to get it towards into my life it's like it's there i need to become aware so father how do i when did i lose awareness of hope mm. Mm. when did that begin and maybe there's an event maybe there's some type of situation and you know just walk this out maybe you just all of a sudden you have a flash of a memory like oh i guess that's the the place So, like god what did i start believing there mm. oh you believed you know you couldn't expect for anything because Because you expected it and it didn't happen the way you thought it would, or whatever. So we've got to address the lie, the truth. And now I'm in a place where, okay, help me become aware what has never not been here Mm. hope. Mm. And so it's, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's how we see the eyes of our heart. And Mm. so we've got to address the heart space. Mm. You know, what's the condition of my heart today? Not the physical organ but the core of who we are mm-hmm. and for some they're exhausted some they're disillusioned some they're you know so disconnected they don't even know it's good and so That's the hope piece becomes the lens through which we see everything yeah, 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 yeah. like to use an example like my, my wife and i we had a lawyer when we were living in sacramento and it's kind of funny because he's a Lutheran guy and we, we would share some miracle stories and he, he would always call me when a client needed a miracle. <laughs> he's like, Hey, can you come pray for them? And so, yeah, it's his biggest client. His daughter is, I think they had three kids. His daughter has, gets melanoma cancer, like really bad, 20 years old without a miracle she's not going to make it and so we drive a couple hours to this house I mean, this is like i think they're presbyterian they've never been around like praying for the sick but i mean look when your daughter's terminal then you're open to anything and so we're praying and she falls out in the house presence of god and you know we weren't making this like hey she's 100 he was like hey we're just going to believe that she's healed and Mm. please keep us posted and we're going to continue to pray and two weeks later she dies Mm. Mm. so it's like what do you do with that Mm -hmm. when you prayed and she encountered god and you're standing on the finished work of christ and she's 28 she shouldn't have been gone that early Mm. so i've got a decision like i can start asking why which is a victim question why did this happen why was she not healed why did the prayer not work if she went down why did this not work or i can say i don't understand why that happened but what i do understand is jesus never left anyone sick so i'm going to stand on that so actually i demand the enemy repay sevenfold so we're going to see seven people healed from cancer so we started pressing into that remember that if i'm going to go into something i'm going 110 and we've seen i think five since then healed of cancer and so we all have events we all have situations that hit us that cause us to question and like but we have to make that decision like Am I going to allow a fact to determine what my truth is? Or am I going to realize it's not my truth? It's a person. Hmm. And I'm going to stand on that. I'm going to tell my facts the truth.
0: Yes. Wow. I'm just writing down. I'm going to tell my facts the truth real quick because.
1: Not every fact is true.
0: No. Wow. And then some, and until I made really that distinction between even my small T truths to the big, I'm like, all my truths are the truths, man. All my truths are the truths until the coach was like, "Mm." (laughs) not so much. I was like, what, what? Oh my goodness. (coughs) Um, Yeah. I had a friend pass a year ago from cancer standing in the gap for a year. And, uh, so that was, this is just super ministering to me, especially Mm. demanding, not that I take your, like, um, your victory of, I, I can demand the enemy repay that I'm going to flippantly go do that. But I think it's very special as a nugget for me to like, there's, there was so many people around the world praying and not only that, like the promises. So it was very touched, very close to home. And I know it will touch close to home. Many people who've seen loved ones pass or had loved ones pass with, um, telling my facts, the truth, and I needed that piece to fall into place. So I'm very grateful you shared that story. Awesome. Um, that was very powerful. Uh And I like the victims ask why. And I was thinking how many years I was stuck in victim. And I'm like, oh, if somebody, if just one person can take this nugget instead of asking why to ask the father, I didn't write those notes, but to father me into this or tell me about this, that piece, again, I'm going to go back and re-listen. Their life will be changed forever. Like, the switch and the shift or the healing from victim to um, son or daughter freedom is like super powerful. Many people, I think get caught in victim. I wonder if that's uh, like the trap of the enemy to get them caught in victim. And that's not even who we are. Um, I'm going to shift to uh, my mom's part of your mentorship loves it. And if I didn't have this many things on my plate, (laughs) I would be in a heartbeat, but what had you, um, what, how did you go into that mentorship group coaching mode um, versus one-on-one or, you know, how did you get called to that? Like, tell me like your heart, that around it, your vision around that.
1: My wife and I did university ministry 21 years. so We were mentoring students for a long, long time. And so it's just kind of who we are essentially. And then, you know, when COVID hit, everything went online and I was what was interesting is 2019 guys says, hey, you need to build online, mm. focus online. Mm. And I was like, okay. And so I started doing some schools and some mystical stuff. And it's kind of funny because when it did hit, I was like, oh, I was just being prepared for all this stuff. And so I just kind of ramped it up and really started focusing on, you know, what those four quadrants again that mm-hmm. I'm in, how can I provide value for people? Mm -hmm. How can I share my breakthrough? How can I Mm -hmm. decode the breakthrough into language that's approachable, that can provide a framework? Mm -hmm. And so this new one I'm doing called Anomaly, it's really about new creation governance. Mm -hmm. It's an entire process God gave me last year. Probably one of the most profound things, honestly. And it's just from beginning to end, it's like how do I continue to be propelled into something else where I can actually govern as a new creation. And when I started mapping this out with God, he was like, Where do you think the body of Christ is in this process? There was, because there's nine kind of overlays to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think they're past the first one, <laughs> to be quite honest. And he's like, You are correct. <laughs> oh, Lord. Wow. And so it's, you know, towards the end of it, I'm really getting in, into topics I haven't heard anyone talk about and it's just kind of a we need to dream and think a little bigger so, than we're thinking
0: so good so good Brian um as far as so you're a mentor you're a coach, you're many many things have, have you been do you choose like your coaches you get coached from is it mostly holy spirit and like or how important do you feel like coaching is for you to surround you and continue to help you grow.
1: And... Oh, it's huge. I mean, I call them editors.
0: Oh, cool.
1: So I don't like the term accountability when it comes to relationships. I don't think that's an accurate okay. term. I think accountability accountant, if we're talking about money, yes, please keep a record of where there's wrongs, but not in my relationships. Mm. So I think editability is a better term. Hmm. If you take a manuscript, if you're writing a book, an editor makes it better, but it's still your story. And so editors in our lives, my wife and I, we have some fathers in our lives, spiritual fathers, mothers that i have been in our life for years. It's those types of relationships where it's like they see everything. Hey, if you see something that's off, please tell me. And they will. And so everyone needs that type of relationship in their life. Otherwise, we get tunnel vision. And we think it's super amazing all the time. And then a father or mother comes and says, actually, this part is not super amazing. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> and this is Jesus and the disciples like all the time, right? Like, Hey guys, let's get it together. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't doing that from, I'm trying to push you down. It's like, I'm trying to pull you up into who you really are. Mm-hmm. And so we need those types of relationships for sure.
0: It's amazing. It's awesome. Um, I feel like I want to ask, I feel like I'm ready to close. I mean, I could, I could drink from the well for a very long time, but I'm going to be respectful of your time. I'm so grateful for the healing I've ever got already gotten. And just the healing presence you carry the breakthrough you carry, just to, I'm literally going to eat this episode and just eat the words. And um, I just appreciate really where people can find you, but before that, where people can find you, your website, but also, is there anything else on your heart to share with this audience at this point, which I know they're not, I I coach coaches and I coach like people that want to make, create a kingdom impact and just break through. I'm a breakthrough coach, but God brings whoever he brings. Okay. So I'm cool with whatever, but whatever's on your heart. Is there anything else on your heart for this time, this episode?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would just, you know, quickly say we're in a place of transition, even cosmically there's, transition at so many different levels right now the body of christ and united states and all across the globe and when we're in transition like it kind of reveals what we're really believing Mm. it reveals the state of our soul Mm. especially and i think where god's wanting to take us in this in the midst of transition we've got to take care of our soul Mm. we've got to come back to that place of first love you know friendship with god which is the foundation of all things and it's from that place we're gonna know know, we get anxious because we don't know Mm. that's the opposite of anxiety is knowing Mm. and so in a place of transition we get anxious so father what do i need to know what part of your nature have i lost sight of because God's wanting to upgrade us. He wants us to, he wants our thought life to rise to our, our position in Christ, seated. And so all of these things have to take place for where he wants to take us, but we've got to take care of the soul.
0: That's so good. Heal inner healing like years ago, he shared about inner from the inside out. He kept sharing, and I'm like, I I was very, very in the middle of a lot of pain, so I was like, What does the inside out mean? And he was sharing over the years as I unpacked it, like spirit first, like spirit, soul, and then body. Like our spirits are meant to lead, and I was like, Wow, wow, okay, what does that look like? But just as you're sharing that, um, soul care or healing, and uh, just sitting with the father, like those are so important. And I understand too, the trans transition. And I appreciate you sharing that. Like, for those of you listening, there is some nuggets in here to radically change your life, get on board with what God's doing and just completely transform. Um. So, so really what you're saying too, is process. Okay. are Is what you're saying like process is okay. The process, even if it's slow or fast with the Lord is okay. Transformation time, all that, it might take some time, right? Like, for me, it's like, don't be impatient with the process. Ah, oh, sometimes. I need that sticker, you know? Indeed. Um. Well, I will. Oh, yes. And where could people find you? I know. Is it iBorm.com? Yeah. I-B-U, okay. Anywhere else?
1: I'm on Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the normal yeah. social media outlets.
0: Yes. And the Ascended Life book. And then your anomaly. Is it the anomaly mentorship group? Yeah. Yes. All I can say is my mom, like if she, she doesn't send me screenshots once in a while, she's like, Miranda. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know mom. I already, but I can't like, oh, if you feel a tug or you feel like you guys get on Brian's group and the crypto workshops, because you're doing free, free yeah. crypto stuff lately. Yeah, of- I did a
1: free crypto workshop. You can still, you can catch the replay if you want to do that. Right
0: yeah. Yes. For the masses. Well, I appreciate it. I'm going to push stop record and then I'll say goodbye. All right. Thanks, Brian.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Awesome.